Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Hello, everyone. Good morning. That was a great response. Um, I'm going to read the passage that I'm going to preach on. It's from Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 13. It says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sin against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me these loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. The one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which of your fathers, if your son asks a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are uh, your evil, know how to to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who seek him? So today I want to talk to you about prayer. And before that, I'm going to tell you a story. So when I was 10, me and my dad used to go to theater all the time. And on the way back from the theater, sometimes I would get hungry, like always. And I would go to my dad, I would say, Dad, I'm hungry, can we buy something to eat on the way to home? And my dad's response to me would be, yes, let's get a cheeseburger or kebabs. Um, or sometimes he would be, no, let's go, get, let's go home. Your mom cooked really nice food. And my mom's cooking is amazing. So he would be like, wait, Narek, let's go home and eat food. The thing is, I could hesitate to ask my dad for food. I could hesitate to go to him. But the reason I didn't was because he's my father. Because we have a relationship, because he cares for me, because he loves me. And because of that, I know I can go to him with my needs. And basically, prayer is like that. Prayer is simply us spending time with God. And basically bringing our needs to him because of relationship. And we get to do that continuously. We continuously go to him by asking seeking and knocking and when we ask we receive when we seek we find when we knock the doors are being opened and today i want to talk to you about two aspects of prayers one prayer is relational and two prayer is continual prayer is relational prayer is continual let's talk about prayer is relational why prayer is relational well, Jesus, when he starts off uh, the Lord's Prayer, when he's teaching his disciples how to pray, he says, start off with Father. 
When we compare the Gospel of Luke with Gospel of Matthew, in Gospel of Matthew it says, Our Father in heaven. In Gospel of Luke, just his Father is more simple. And he has a personal tone into it. It's intimate. It's based on relationship. So Jesus is telling us, when you pray, go to the Father. One of the languages I speak is Farsi or Persian. And the word for dad in Farsi is Baba. And the word for dad in Arabic means Abi. And the word for uh, dad in Hebrew means Abba. Abba. And we see in the Bible, in Mark chapter 14, when Jesus is praying in another place of the Bible, when he goes to that before he's getting crucified, he says, Abba, Father. Abba, Father, take this cup from me. Really personal and relational, that. Even Jesus went to his father and called him Abba. And you know what prayer is like? Prayer is like your dad is sitting on the couch in the living room. You go into the living room and you say, hey, dad, let's have a chat. That's prayer. Prayer is basically a conversation with our heavenly father and spending time with him. We can do that anytime we want to and anytime we need to. And we can do it from everywhere. And this is the thing. When we do that, he's delighted. He's, he rejoices when we go to his presence. He's like, I want to spend time with you, my child, my son, my daughter. He loves it. And this is the thing. When Jesus is gi giving us instructions of how to pray, he's, he doesn't give us these instructions uh, to say some fancy words. Hey, I know some good Cambridge Dictionary words in here. I want to show off everyone. No. It's based on relationship and intimacy. Every single word in this uh, Lord's Prayer is based on relationship and intimacy to get to know who our Father is and get to know his character. Okay, Jesus says, go to the Father. Now said, hallowed be your name. Which is worship and adoration. What does the hallowed be your name mean? Well, the word Greek for hallowed be your name is called hagidzu, which is um, basically the translation of it uh, says the holy one or the name of the holy one. So this passage is telling us the God that you, we are worshiping, the God that we are praying is the holy one. He's the set apart. He's unique. And when we say hallowed be your name, we simply enter in his presence to glorify him. We simply go tell God how amazing he is, how powerful he is, how sovereign he is, and how holy he is. We are basically acknowledging that he is holy, that without him we are lost. And this indicates that we bring our act of worship and praise towards him. Prayer is not all about us getting something from God. God is not like a vending machine. Hey, here's my prayer request. I'm going to get something out of you. I want a BMW. Give me BMW. No. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Uh, I like Lamborghini. But uh, 
<laughs> but prayer is more than that, my friends. Prayer is about us telling him how much we love him and showing our gratitude. Prayer is about our adoration to him. We show our deep love and affection towards him. We simply take the focus from ourselves and we put the focus on him. It's about you, Lord. You're the priority. You're the first in my life. In Psalm 46, it says, be still and know that I am God. And hallowed be your name means that we are being still and being in the presence of God. My favorite author uh, and writer, C.S. Lewis, who wrote Chronicles of Narnia, he says this. In commanding us to glorify him, he's calling us to enjoy him. In commanding us to glorify him, God is inviting me and you to enjoy him. That's what prayer is all about. That's the main thing about prayer is that we go to his presence, to be in his presence, to enjoy his presence. It's personal. Now, Jesus says, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Which means surrender. We surrender everything to him. What your kingdom come basically means is that I surrender everything to you, Lord. I surrender all my worries to you, all my cares to you. Which basically simply means you're in control. I'm not. And you got this. And you know, there is an element of trust in here. And this is where the relationship of us and our father comes into the game. You can't trust someone that if you don't know. But you trust someone that you have a good relationship and that's, that's why we can trust our Father in heaven. In Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your understanding. And there's a lot of different things that are happening at the moment in our world. And I don't understand a lot of those things. But when we say your kingdom come, we surrender our problems, but also the world problems to God. We intercede on behalf of, behalf of the world. When we say your kingdom come, we say your kingdom come, not mine. Your kingdom come, not the world's. So we fully surrender all of it to him. The world's problems and our problems. And then Jesus says, now give us each day our daily bread. So Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. When I was reading this passage, I noticed one thing. It says, give us each day. doesn't say give us once a month or once a year. You know, every 10 years, 20 years. No, each day. This simply tells us. Well, Jesus is commanding us in here that to go to God every single day because we need him daily. 
And he tells us to do this, to, to bring our uh, every daily need we have because he cares for us. Again, relationship. We go to him because he loves us and he cares us. This is it. We go to him with our petition for him to bring provision in our lives. If I go to a random dude in the street and I say, hey, mate, can you give me money? He, he might punch me in the face or that might consider as mugging. I don't know. But, uh, but if I go to my dad, say, hey, dad, I need some money. He will take his wallet and say, how much you need? Or sometimes he actually might give me more than I need. And that's the same with our Father in heaven. And actually, as Jesus says in this passage, even the earthly fathers who are evil give good things to their children. Our God, who's amazing, will give us much more. He gives us the best things. And that's what provision is. That's what uh, uh, give us each day our daily bread means that going to him daily for our needs. Not anywhere else, going to him. And we go to him with our physical needs, uh, 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 financial needs, general needs, but also we go to him with our spiritual needs. We can ask him to give us peace, to fill us with his Holy Spirit. And the next line says, forgive us our sins as uh, we also forgive everyone who sinned against us and lead us not into temptation. So, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day your daily bread. Now forgive us our sins. He's, he, because he's our Father, again, this comes from the place of relationship with our Father. We get to go to him when we mess up. We simply go, hey, Dad, I messed up. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Because he's a loving father, he forgives us. And because of that, we learn to forgive others that we have a relationship with. We learn that from our father. Our father models, uh, models that really well to us. So we get to model that to others. And the next line says, lead us not into temptation, which is protection. The Father wants to protect us. We go to Father for protection. Protect me from temptation, sin, sin, and evil. We just learned from these four passages from Lord's Prayer that prayer is relational. They're not just random words. It's about our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And that's why prayer is relational. But also prayer is continual as well. We see between verses 5 to 8, Jesus is talking about, about persistent prayer. He's talking about this person who's persistently asking for bread. And the other one gives them bread because of their shameless audacity. <laughs> <laughs> because they keep asking, give me bread, give me bread, give me bread. Okay, cool, I will give you bread. Like, literally. And then later on, in, um, in verses 9 to 12, Jesus talking about ask, seek, and knock. 
What Jesus is saying in here that we need to be persistent and keep praying. Because prayer is relational, we need to be in a constant and continual fellowship with our Father. And because of that, overflows for us to continue to pray, to ask and seek and knock. Jesus says it himself, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find and knock, the door will be open to you. And he's going to provide all of that because he's a good father and he gives us the best. Many years ago, this is before I was born in Iran, uh, um, I was told this story that uh, there were a group of missionaries in Iran who filled their uh, car with 1,000 Bibles. So they filled their car with 1,000 Bibles. They drive to another city to distribute Bibles. On the way, suddenly the car stops. They're like, oh my goodness, we need to fix this car. Like, we don't know what to do. We have 1,000 Bibles to distribute. We are stuck out of nowhere. We don't know where we are. Anyway, they come out to fix the car. They, saw this, they see this random dude across the road is staring at them. They're like, okay. So they go to him and say, hey, mate, are you okay? And the guy, literally, the first thing he tells them, he goes, do you have a Bible? <laughs> they go, um, and in Iran, that's a bold thing to say because <laughs> Christianity is illegal there. Um, so he goes, do you have a Bible? They go, why do you ask? He goes, well, I'm a Christian. They go, oh, cool. Um, how many do you need? He goes, how many do you have? They go, we got 1,000. He goes, I will take all of them. <laughs> and they go, why do you need 1,000 Bibles? He goes, well, I'm a new Christian. And uh, basically, uh, I live down the road. There's a big village there. Everyone in that village became Christian a month ago. And we, did, we don't have a Bible to grow in our faith. So we've been praying to, for God to give us Bible. So he told me to come here, stand in the street for look for a Bible. And suddenly you came. <laughs> and this guy was like, great, take all of them. Take all these Bibles. You see, my friends, these people simply kept asking God and God provided them Bibles. That's why we continually need to keep asking God. And he's going to give. Two years ago, me and my parents discovered that my dad's best friend, who we call him uncle, uh, who this guy was one of the closest members of our family. He was more than uncle. He was like a second father to me. He had a big influence in my faith. And it's actually because of him that I grew, up, I grew so much in my faith. Anyway, we found out that he had a cancer. And it was a sad news for all of us. So what we did, we kept praying. We kept praying. Continually. We kept asking. We kept seeking. Keep knocking. And then the doctors basically told us, basically we heard the news that they removed the tumor. Great news. And then later on they said, he's in recovery. He can go home in a month. Ten months ago, I'm walking in the street, and I'm on my phone scrolling through Instagram, as you do, and uh, I come across a picture of my uncle, and I read the caption, and the caption says, rest in peace, pastor. What? I go to his daughter's Instagram to basically confirm it's, it's no fake news. It says, dad, I will miss you. 
a lot. I call my dad and say, Dad, what's happening here? I have no clue what's happening. My dad goes, yeah, he passed away three hours ago. And that moment, I dropped everything in the street, and I shouted, I said, why? God, why? See, we prayed continually, consistently. Kept asking and seeking for God to heal my uncle. But God didn't answer that prayer. He didn't answer the way that we wanted him to answer. And we were really discouraged. And the reason I'm telling you this story is that I want to I tell you that I totally understand if you feel discouraged, if you've been praying about something continuously and you don't get the answer that you expect. I understand because I've been through it. But do not be discouraged. Take heart, keep praying, uh, keep praying and do not give up. Keep asking and seeking and keep knocking. I wish I knew the answer that why sometimes our prayers are not being uh, answered the way that we want to be answered. I wish I had a good theological answer, but I don't. But I know something. That our God is a good God. And sometimes actually when our prayers are not being answered the way that we want to be answered, is a great opportunity for us to rely on God more. It's an invitation for us to keep going to his presence. Because if every time we pray the answer was yes, then do we need God? And this is an opportunity for us to keep asking and seeking and knocking and keep going to his presence. Sometimes God answers the prayers in a different way. Sometimes God answers the prayers the way we want to. Sometimes we don't get any answer that the way we want to. But in my experience of believing in Jesus, in my faith journey, I can tell you, that my stories and testimonies of answered prayers are more than unanswered prayers. More we pray, we see move of God more. Less we pray, less we see. More we pray, there are more answers. More things are being given to us. More things we find. More doors are being opened. But if we don't pray, how do we know? What's the harm? Because we believe in a relational father who doesn't get tired of us keep praying to him. That's the beautiful thing. He wants us to keep going to his presence. What's the harm? So continuously pray. Continuously pray. When I was young, this lady from my church, uh, from our Iranian church, uh, calls my dad and says, um, my my father has a stage four cancer, and uh, the doctors told him he has only five days to live. And can we go pray for him? 
So my dad literally gets his clothes and just like at 11.30 p.m. at night, they go to the hospital and, the, and she, he, that guy was in emergency room. So they knew the nurse because uh, the nurse was the cousin of this lady. So we, they get into emergency room, even they couldn't, like even usually they don't lie to you at that time. So they go in there and they say, in the name of Jesus, we pray healing. Amen. So my dad goes home, cool. Three days later, this lady calls my dad. Goes, guess what? My dad goes, what? Why are you so excited? She goes, my dad got healed. When we prayed for him, he got healed. My, my dad goes, yeah, how great is that? But, but, but I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. Wait for it. Wait for it. She says, uh, that was my response, my, my dad's response. He said, oh, okay, cool, see you. And this lady goes, no, 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 wait, don't hang up the phone. Because when we prayed for my dad, there was another patient next to uh, him. And she got suffocated from gas leak. And um, the doctors told uh, um, the family of that uh, girl that she's not going to wake up. Guess what? She woke up. So when we ask God persistently, continually, Sometimes he gives us more than we ask because he's a good father. And this is the father, this is the God that we believe. This is the God that we have relationship. And sometimes God answers our prayers in different way we ask him. So that's why we keep asking him, seeking him, and knocking the doors. I saw this Instagram uh, real, as uh, so like uh, short videos, and there was a guy saying, I asked God for strength, and God gave me difficulties to make me strong. I asked God for wisdom, and God gave me problems to le uh, learn to solve. Uh, I asked God for courage, he gave me dangers to overcome. And I asked God uh, for, to love, and he placed difficult people in my life to love. My friends, when we pray, when we keep asking and seeking God's kingdom, and we knock, something changes. Either our situation or our hearts. He changes our hearts for situations. Or both. And this, this, this um, video that I watch, I ask God for this and this. It's a perfect example of sometimes we ask God for something, and he works in our hearts and changes us for different situations. And that's where seeking comes. In Matthew 6, 6 says, keep seeking kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything will be given to you. When we ask and seek his character, his presence, his kingdom, we start to see changes happening and kingdom coming in our hearts and our lives and the people around us. So keep asking and seeking and knocking. I remember five years ago when I was, uh, I basically decided to do an internship with this city center church called HTB. And my plan was after um, HTB, uh, go do like a tech internship, then go to uni. Because I had four uh, different offers from four different universities. Um, so the plan was either do tech work experience or straight go to uni after that internship. Three months after doing that internship, I felt like God is calling me to ministry. I fall in love with ministry. And I was like, God, I feel like I like young people. I want to serve them. Um, so I would love to pursue this. Um, like, can I go into ministry from September? Can, can you provide something? His answer was, 
Yeah, you will know in end of July what you're doing. God, come on. Like, that's not the answer I was waiting. <laughs> anyway, I spent eight months of fasting, praying, keep asking, seeking, and knocking. And on 27th of July, I get a phone call from a church called St. Mark's Battersea Rise. They call me and they say, hey, we would love to offer you a youth pastor job, which that was my previous church. Um, the, and actually, the result of that was because I kept asking and seeking and knocking. But not only that, that was the best thing ever happened in my life. That was the life-changing moment of my life. So far. So far. <laughs> um, but not only that, something better happened. Something much more magnificent happened. That in that eight months, I became a changed man. I used to struggle with so much pride. I used to be so arrogant. I used to have a lot of pride. And what God did in that eight months, he stripped down all the pride out of me. He took a lot of things from my heart. And guess what? He prepared me to be a youth pastor. He changed my heart for the situation. But he also brought the situation for me. So the heart and the situation changed. So when we ask, there's provision. When we seek the kingdom, we see parts of the kingdom come in our lives. And when we knock, we see breakthrough. The Iranian church in Iran, there was a time that we had 250 members. And all the members of the congregation decided to keep consistently asking, seek, and knock, and pray continually. A year later, the church became 500 members. And then grew to 800, then grew to 1,000. And then the church got closed. 1,000 people who were part of that church, they all went, started their home church. So it became 5,000, 10,000. Now the numbers are so high, we don't know how many there are. When we knock, breakthrough happens. And this is in a country that Christianity is illegal. This is in a country that 1,000 members, 90% of them are Muslim converts. Breakthrough happens when we knock. Two years ago, um, in my previous youth group, we decided to take our young people to Weekend Away, 2022. We took 36 young people to Youth Weekend Away. And we were seeing God doing a lot of great things. So what we decided to do, we said we're going to consistently keep knocking the doors for God to bless this youth group to grow. 2023, March, we took 50 young people to Youth Weekend Away. And out of that 50 young people, 10 gave their life to Jesus. Um, another 10 raised their hand to be close in a relationship with Jesus. And another 10 were praying for others. That's majority of the youth group we took. And this might seem small, but sometimes we think small stuff we shouldn't knock. But big or small, keep asking and seeking and knocking. And this is it. When we pray, things change. More we pray, more we see move of God. More we pray, revival becomes normal. More we pray, miracles become normal. More we pray, supernatural is the norm, keeps happening. And more we pray, impossible things becomes possible. And not only that, we get to enter into a new level of relationship with our God. 
and we see new transformation in our hearts and the people around us. That's why prayer is relationship. And because of that relationship, we get continually pray. So that's what Jesus said, pray. We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.